Hey y'all, it's your girl Michelle and Nate, and you're tuned in to Christ Over Culture, the podcast for Christian women. I am so honored and just excited to be here with the incredible Brian Courtney Wilson. Thank you, Brian, for doing this. <laughs> Thank you for calling me incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thank absolutely. You. So thank you for joining us here on Christ Over Culture. Yeah. So I know my listeners are like, what is this? This is a video. So thank you for um, being my first guest. This is the inaugural video? Yes, this okay. is the inaugural That's video. What's up. All right. Um, as we, you know, grow with Christ Over Culture, yeah. we just celebrated two years. This July 2018. Congratulations. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, two weeks ago, we had a celebration. And so, yeah, it's time to, to kick it up a notch. Love nice. Love. Got you. Got so, you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. You trusted me to come. I could have something worth saying. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Brian, let's get right into it. This is a conversation, so we like to keep it real and candid here mm-hmm. in Christ Over Culture. So, you have a new project called yeah. A Great Work. Yeah. Let us know about the title, song, and why you chose, one, to name your album A Great Work, mm-hmm. and why you chose that song as the premiere song and the feature on this album. Yeah, uh, about... Uh, I say about two years ago, the producer from my last project, Worth Fighting For, sent me uh, sent me a verse. Uh, he that has begun a great work and he is faithful to perform it, and said, "Hey man, if you want to write on this, you know, let's let's figure it out." And I knew I wanted to write some uh, on it. And I just didn't know what it was going to be. Um, fast forward to some of the things we've been seeing in the in, in the culture right now in terms of. Uh, the need to make America great again, uh, what I see as the uh, pronounced marginalization of people of color, and then how that affects the people of color in my house, namely my children. I wanted to write something that was going to speak to that, that was going to encourage them to to not question whether or not uh, God is going to finish the work that he started in them, but it's going to see it all the way through. And that's that was really the, the impetus for the entire project. How do I encourage you? How can I tell you about what I've been through that's gonna gonna help you, um, and be honest about maybe some of the mistakes I've made along the way, and uh, share that in a way that's uh, resonant with with not just my family but everybody that's listening to it. And so that's where great work comes from. And I think we hit it, man. I think uh, it's been well received, and I'm I've been, I've been thankful for that. Yeah, it's awesome. I can say that that song has personally encouraged me. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank for you. that, I remember. Two weeks ago, we celebrated two years here at Christ Over Culture, and the night before, you know, you're getting ready for an event. It was a live podcast. It was a brunch. A lot of things going on, mm-hmm. and this was our first time doing it. And literally, I was watching BET Gospel at my grandma's house, who's 96 years old. And so I was just, you know, getting ready for the next day, and literally at like 11:57, a great work came on the oh, TV, so and I'm yeah. like. Okay, this is a God sign. I believe that God def- definitely um, speaks to us and speaks through people, and it's no coincidence. So when I saw that, it just gave me reassurance. Good. Like, tomorrow's going to be okay. We're going to be good. You know, I knew we had this interview coming yeah. up, so it just made me excited and just kind of brought some comfort and reassurance that God is going to complete the Oh, absolutely. Again. We just got to keep going. We got to keep making the right choices in that regard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, accept the grace that we get in that regard, too, because you're going to make mistakes along the way. Yeah. Uh, but his grace makes us rich. And if you embrace that, you you have enough resources to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you are not only a Dove uh, award-winning artist, but also Grammy-nominated for writing and you produce songs. And and I'm just curious, you know, how how did you find that that was your gift, that God graced you in that area in terms of writing, not only on a great work and, and um, worth fighting for, mm -hmm. and the fact that, you know, people are recognizing it. You even get awarded for that. How did you... Or when did you realize that God had placed that gift in you in terms of writing music? Ah, that's, that's a great question, because it's like, it's, I, it started with just my stoop, like living, living where I came up. We had stairs that went up to the, to the front door. Mm -hmm. And so that stoop was my stage when I was a child. Wow. And I didn't know what we were doing. I just, we were just playing, you know, uh, talent shows and stuff like that out there on the block. Um, and this was outside of Chicago. This is in, in yeah, right? outside of Chicago, and uh, just just singing and having fun. And what I realized looking back on it, I didn't know it at the time, was that God always had His hand on me in that regard, and intended for me to walk that out. Uh, when I got to Houston, and well, no, even before that, I remember growing up uh, right before I went to college, and they had this song called. Uh, uh, God's got it and I would have to sing that song every Sunday, you know, and I didn't know where that landed in the big picture I just knew that they kept asking me to sing it uh, Get to college. I was in this talent show and there was this song called don't say goodbye that I sang in the talent show And everybody went crazy, you know uh, When I get in my choir They gave me an opportunity to sing in the choir and I remember we did this song speak to my heart It was that's an old Donnie McClurkin song at an aka luncheon and it was a standing ovation. And the reason I'm, I'm saying this is I think God will connect the dots over time if you pay attention to uh, what you're giving that people see value in, what they keep affirming. So not just what you wanna do, but what you do that has value. And so over time, I started to realize that my singing voice has some value. Um, I started writing a little bit in college. My, my motivation really wasn't well, not even really. It was girls. I, w I was girl crazy, so I was writing songs about girls then. Um, <laughs> We're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until I got to actually Houston and the church I was attending wanted to start a new service for people that they said uh, were unchurched, de -churched, you know, what have you, just bored with church, I guess the best way to put it. And uh, I actually wanted to start writing some songs because I thought we were singing the same songs over and over again in church. And they put me together with the, uh, the architect of that particular service, and he gave me an opportunity to start writing and presenting songs at that service. And so that kind of got me started um, believing that I might have something to say, okay. you know? And so that, that's where it started for me. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So, But let me say, okay. but it started when I was a kid, like the seed was planted then. Mm -hmm. It's just over time, you start to see what God was, was is painting a picture with your life if you just keep saying yes when it's time. So let's go back to college. So the seed was planted when you were a child, but when you got to college, you were writing songs about? Girls, yeah. Let's talk about that. So <laughs> we are young adults here, of course, at Christ Over Culture. Yeah. Most of my listeners, I'm 27, everybody, the majority of my listeners are between 25 and 34. Okay. So either in college, just finished college, early careers. I get that, yeah. Tell us about your college experience 
and about, I guess, being girl crazy. Because me and my friends, we talk about this all the time. Dating is difficult. And I'm curious what your experience was dating in college. And then I know that you're married now and you have children. So kind of where was your mind frame while you were in college and dating? And then what encouragement do you have for people like us who are single or trying to figure it out and date who, you know, have a desire to get married in God's way? Like, where were you in college? What was that like? And then encouragement for marriage down the line. Well, I, I certainly wasn't as focused on God's plan for my life as I am now. Uh, in fact, looking back on it, I kind of, I grew up sheltered, you know, with my parents. They were kind of watching over me and making sure I did everything I needed to do. Uh, so when I got to college, truth be told, I went kind of buck wild, yeah. you know, a little Everybody bit. And I say buck wild, it's all relative, you know, because some people don't, it's what levels. What do you mean by buck Like, what was your buck wild? Were you a player? Doing, no, nah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because oh. I didn't have enough game to be a player, but I was, I liked, I liked, I did things that I would not have done if the community I came up in were watching me every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of bucked the, the way I was brought up to be in, in some regards. Mm -hmm. uh, but looking back on it too, it says, you know, if you, if you bring up a child in the way that they should go, when they get older, they will not depart from it. So I always had this pull back to what the right thing was supposed to be. Um, and even when I say I was, I was girl crazy, it wasn't like I was trying to get with all the girls. It was more like I was trying to find a girl I love so I could marry, you know. Uh, and what I would say to that, what I would encourage anybody with, um, if they're in that season of their life, is to find a way to focus less on who you're going to spend the rest of your life with and instead focus on what God is calling you to do what God, God has purposed you for. Um, because that can in many ways determine who you're gonna build a relationship with, who you should build a relationship with and, and, uh, and put you on the right track. Uh, so that's, that's some advice I would give in that regard. And I know, man, it's, it's hard sometimes. You know, you get, you surrounded with all these calls to go out and kick it. And when I say calls, like, I'm talking about in the culture to go out and indulge yourself and do whatever you need to do. But I saw this preacher say it today, he said, man, most people that live with regret in their life were the people that chose comfort over sacrifice. Wow. Man, choose. That's profound. And it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here, you know, uh, when I think about the things I've regretted and I think about the harvest that I've reaped, the harvest were tied to the sacrifices I made, even when it was, it was painful. And the regrets were tied to the times when I didn't. You know, I didn't act uh, on faith. I didn't uh, sacrifice what I should have sacrificed to do it at the time. And I, I would say uh, my college experience was probably one of them. I wish, I wish I had done college a little bit different, you know, instead of having as much fun as I had, you know, because it's, it's going to be time for that. And that's what I would say to anybody going through that, through that process. Hey, man, focus on... Um, paying whatever it costs to do your very best, to not just, you know, excel in college, but find out what God is calling you to. Don't let, and don't let it just be about money. Don't let it just be about status. Really try to hear what God's, God's plan for your life is when you're in that situation and focus less on dating.
Oh, that's almost, but it's unrealistic, huh? Yeah. Is it seem unrealistic to do that? I mean, okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about my college experience. I attended Spelman College. And oh, okay. It's an HBCU, of course. It's in Hotlanta. So many opportunities. You say Hotlanta. Hotlanta <laughs> to go, like, buck wild. So yeah. I, <laughs> I came into Spelman, like, one, I already know that I can get really distracted. You know, that that is out there. So I have to be mindful of that. And I remember in my first semester, now I partied. I went out. We had black parties every Wednesday, Friday, fried chicken Wednesdays, fried fish Fridays. You know, it was just a thing. And, like, I was immersed in that culture, and it was a great experience. But I always kept God first. And in the first semester, I remember I got straight A's. Don't tell me how. We were at the mall every weekend, kicking it, having fun. But I just was always mindful that I can't get distracted because I'm here for a reason. One, I know my why, which I want to talk about because I know you said that to me too, you know, having a why. And I think that having the experience going through college and I graduated with honors and it was a great experience, I think that being able to kind of, I guess, explore and have fun in college made me appreciate where I am now even more because I think as a young girl, I was sheltered, but my parents also exposed me to a lot of different things and a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. so I had friends of all cultures, all races. So when I got to college, I wasn't shell-shocked, but I think that I did, you know, just enjoy myself. But now, being out of college, this is my five-year uh, college reunion, um, <laughs> I, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> I see you amp too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I earned that degree, y'all. I earned that degree. So... What was your degree in? It's in political science. Oh, beautiful. And okay. And I got my master's in public health. So this yeah. is definitely a God thing because I, I didn't know I would be doing a podcast five years yeah. after college. But I can say looking now on it, I'm glad that I, did, I don't have to wonder, you know, what would that experience have been like. It's like, man, I've been there and I've done that. And I've done that. So when I talk to people who are in college or young adults and... And even people my age were able to relate. It's like, yeah, you know, I did that. Or I know exactly what that's about, which yeah. makes my testimony even greater. You've spoken to me about your, like, about what is your why. You know, why mm -hmm. did I start Christ Over Culture? And um, we actually spoke about it at Windsor Village uh, here in Houston. And, you know, my why specifically for starting this podcast is I really wanted to have an outlet where young adults could talk and they can get encouragement and talk about their testimony really and how, you know, because God was in their life, they were able to overcome X, Y, and Z, or they put God first in their life in, in this area, but they struggle with this area and we're imperfect, but God, grace covers us and, and being able to relate to one another by sharing each other's stories. So my why is I didn't see that. I wanted to create a safe space for young adults to talk about faith in an honest and transparent way. And so I think that it's important because we don't do that enough. And keep it cool. You know, talk about real things that are happening in culture that we don't always talk about in church. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, what is your why? Why do you do what you do now? When, I, when it started, it was that I didn't want to live with regret. Like I knew I had something uh, I had, well, I felt like I had something special. I didn't know if it was special enough to, um, to be lauded or received outside of my circle of influence at the time. 
but I didn't want to look up 10, 20 years and having, and having chose not trying it, you know, because I was afraid of failing. So I, that's why I started. And then I also wanted to, I wanted to leave a legacy of stepping out on faith for my kids. I wanted them to see what it was like to really trust, trust God and step out on faith. Because I know, I believe that that's, that's a big part of success, man, is, uh, is believe in God enough to try him and, and trust uh, to hope for things that you can't see and put some faithfulness behind it. And so that's, that's, that was my why. And what keeps me going now is um, when people tell me, man, I was going through, I heard your song and you really helped me. Or, like I was telling you, like we got the local R&B station here in town, like playing the music. Like they think enough of the music, not just to pigeonhole it to gospel, but we're going to play it for everybody in the regular rotation. It's, those are confirmations that we have something of value um, that's worth continuing to cultivate and share with as many people as possible. Now, this is a perfect segue into Worth Fighting For. Mm -hmm. that gift worth fighting for and especially like the church yeah. that worth fighting for. Let's talk about the church and okay. at the two year celebration that we had for Christ Over Culture a couple weeks ago, a lot of people brought up church hurt. Now hmm. I'm wondering, you know What you in what context what you mean yeah, by that? Is, yes. So a lot of people have been hurt by the church in terms of I've been serving, I'm giving my all, but Nobody recognizes when I'm in pain and when I'm in need. That was mm. one form of church hurt. Um, I have also personally seen where I've been in churches and when different pastors have come into play, you know, sometimes they rotate out pastors, it hasn't always been well received with the old church members and the new church members. Mm. And then there have been two different praise teams in one church because people couldn't agree. Yeah. So those are at least two examples that um, came up that came up last week um, or two weeks ago. So I guess my question is, have you heard that term used? Have you experienced that? Do you know people who have experienced that? And why is the church worth fighting for? Especially with so many millennials leaving the church. Um, I have heard the term. In fact, Recently, it seemed like I heard the term and it was kind of like diminished, you know, like, man, we tripping, man, just this, that ain't real hurt. Uh, I have felt it, you know, I've been, I've, I've served in churches and, and felt um, hurt, I'll put it like that. Uh, and truth be told, I probably have caused some hurt too. Cause you know, one thing we say is hurt people hurt people, you know? Uh, with that said, we we still believe that there is what we call a, a balm in Gilead. That is that's Jesus and His Holy Spirit. And part of why we continue to gather in church is to reaffirm those beliefs, to build our faith, so we can keep making the right choices regardless of circumstance, to see the glory of God. And if you can see the glory of God, if you can change a perspective to see the glory of God, 
I think it helps people keep moving forward. It helps people hold on to hope long enough to stay faithful, long enough to see a harvest from it. And I think that's why we continue to gather and as um, uh, continue to fight this good fight of faith. Uh, but in terms of church hurt, I think sometimes it, it feels, it can be so uh, disruptive because you weren't expecting it. You know, every week you, you sing about how good God is and uh, how your life is going to change if you follow him and how uh, there's almost this implication that things are going to get better and then you, you run smack up into an offense or you cause an offense and then an offense is caused to you because of it, you know. And uh, it can really kind of rock your world, especially if you were all in and committed to a situation. Uh, so I don't think it's a small thing when people say they've been hurt by the church, especially when, I, when, when the church is so vital. And I think especially vital in the African-American community because it's, um, it's a place where we can still gather and be affirmed. We can still gather and I see, uh, you know, I was at church the other night, and we showed that that video <laughs> of a man. Uh, in Mississippi. No, this I want to say this was in Florida, where we showed the video of a man shooting this black man that tried to come to the defense of his girlfriend after the man was harassing the girlfriend in the car over a parking space. So we showed the video, and, and the video was shown in the context of, hey, you, we need to be vigilant about the spirit that has been loosed because of all the uh, uh, vitriol coming from the White House. Uh, the black church can do that. And, and uh, I appreciate having a space where we can do that and then still look uh, to the hills from whence cometh our help, still be pointed back to God and uh, reminded that Again, and I keep I keep saying this that he's a present help. It's from Psalms 46. So even when the uh, when everything seems to be going haywire, God is a present help. To be reminded of that, there's some uh, there's something special about that believing it and then having lived lives that have seen it, being able to come together and testify to the fact that you've seen it, so the person next to you can keep going. That's why I think the church still matters. Wow. Now, I want to ask one more, I guess, kind of deep question, and we'll get into some fun things that you might hear <laughs> not uh, singing or encouraging us here. So my question to you is about um, masculinity and praise. So sometimes um, I've heard that men, like, don't come to church, or, they, or it's been perceived as feminine if they're seen, like, crying or praising. I mean, for me, I praise God openly because I've had an encounter with God. Like, it's obvious. I've seen God work. And when I consider it, it overwhelms. I have no choice but to acknowledge it. And, uh, you know, I could, you know, you can point to scriptures and things like that. But 
I'm thankful that I can go beyond that. Like I have an experiential uh, uh, experience. I'm, I'm, that didn't make sense what I just said. I've had an experience with God and uh, I know I was made to do it. And so what I would say to any man that hasn't, I'm praying that you have one. I, I pray that you have some type of experience with um, God, our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, in a way that you cannot be silent about it. Now, in terms of the way you do it, man, I can't call that. Like I said, I've, I've been, man, I was at this thing called Circle of Sisters in New York. I hadn't even sung yet. I'm sitting backstage. I'll never forget, I'm listening to the Walls group, and they're singing this song about um, I'll be satisfied with you. And at the time, I had been going through some stuff, and I was sitting backstage and really thinking about the fact that, yo, I'm sitting here, but I wasn't sure if I'd ever be sitting here again. And uh, part of the way I got here was I, I realized I didn't need to be here. All I needed was fellowship with God. And then once that was enough, and I speak to it in this song called Mindful, where I say, uh, uh, I didn't know you were all I needed until uh, you were all I had. And now I know all, you, all I have in you is more than enough. When I sat there and thought about it, it, I just started tears started welling up in my eyes and then Erica Campbell she's like hey Brian Courtney Wilson come to the stage so I'm going up to the stage like oh lord I can't <laughs> you know yeah. but I also had this joy though like yo man I wish y'all could feel what I feel right now that God is real and God is kind and he loves me and he has his hand on me and he'll, he has it's, he's no respecter of person any person that wants that in here can have it that's what I feel. And I, I hope every man has an opportunity to feel that. Because I believe if you do, you, you can't help but acknowledge it publicly. We have a couple listener questions. You up for uh, grabbing yeah. some? Okay. Okay, just, we have some in this little bowl. So just so. grab one at a time. Yeah, we'll grab, grab okay. one at a time. Let me see what we got. How did you know that the gospel industry was for you? Um, that's, that's an interesting question. I just was, I was serving in my church. And like I said, I was just trying to meet the need that I, that I saw in the church, personal and uh, what I saw from the community standpoint was that we needed more content. And so that's what I was just trying to meet the need. And the gospel industry at the time uh, was another place to, to share it. Like they saw some value in what I was doing and they said, okay, I remember uh, my first record deal, the guy that owned the label, he said, man, I want you to be my first gospel artist, you know? And I didn't know anything about the music business like that. So I, I jumped out there and did it. Uh, but now, like I said, we've, we've gone beyond just gospel industry. We still got that name, but if we get played on an R&B station in regular rotation, that's beyond that. So. Um, you know, sometimes these labels are just so your stuff is easier to leverage, the stuff that you're making. So they put a label on it so they can tell the distributor what, is, what it should be so they can decide who it should be sold to. I'm trying not to get caught up in that and just do what's in my heart and what's true to my heart and what I think is going to make a, a, a real contribution. What does worship and being a psalmist mean to you? 
Um, worship to me is about um, putting something first, you know? And you can worship a lot of things. Some people worship their cars, some people worship their kids, worship uh, their relationship. Um, I'm called to, to lead people into worshiping God first and believing that all things are going to be added unto you, like changing your perspective so you can do that. And I do that through the songs. So that's, I guess they, they call me a psalmist in that regard, you know. Yeah. I call myself a singer-songwriter because I don't want to get people thrown off when they see me first. Like, oh, he did the churchy dude. Now, I'm just writing songs about what's in my heart. Um, but if you want to call a psalmist, that's cool. You know, I'm not tripping on it. I love to play basketball. Basketball. Yeah, I got a group of guys, two groups of guys, actually. Um, some of them I've been playing with for 20 years. So we, we get together, and uh, one group in particular cares nothing about the fact that I sing or anything, you know. <laughs> and so that I love that. Like, we go in, it's just about, yo, are you hitting the jumper today or not? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> you have to be surrounded you, by those people. Yeah, like. so that's, I love going there because it's, it's just – it relieves stress and uh, you can kind of stay in some good shape if you do it right. Uh, and one of my quests, really since I started this man, was playing the piano. So I love to practice the piano and learn the piano and I still write on the piano uh, on a regular basis. And uh, uh, one last guilty pleasure is probably playing this basketball video game with my son. Like, he keeps beating me on it. So I keep like. It's not, see, I'm, I'm <laughs> games. I was going to say, it's not 2K, right? Yeah, it is. It is 2K. It is. Oh. It is. Okay. To me, it's one of the, it's one of the <laughs> best video games I've ever played in my life. Okay. And it's like, I he's so good at it, and I'm terrible. Well, not terrible at it. I don't think. <laughs> we have to bring him on. Yeah. He, like, but he's like, yo, dad, you're not getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, He's yeah, incredible. yeah. Well, uh, any last words that you would like to leave with the Christ Over Culture listeners or any questions you have for me? I just, I want to say thank you for trusting me to come. I hope I, I, hope I was concise enough for y'all to have something to say. I know I can ramble sometimes. And no. I appreciate y'all listening to me. And um, keep the faith. That's the best thing I could tell you, man. Keep fighting this good fight of faith because it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. Um, I, I want to thank you for being on the podcast, and I've enjoyed what you've shared. I know that it's encouraged me. I hope it's encouraged you. Oh, praise God. So thank you. Um, if you would close us out with a prayer, I'd be honored. Lord, I just come right now saying thank you for everybody that's, that's listening uh, to this podcast, watching this podcast. I want to uh, pray a special blessing on everybody that has sacrificed to um, bring this podcast to fruition. I ask that you uh, you bless bless the people connected to this, whether they're listening or whether they're part of its construction and implementation. Above all, they could ask or think. 
give them a peace that surpasses understanding and a joy that the world cannot take away um, and give them the desires of their heart uh, and give them a, an assurance about it that um, relieves any anxiousness about tomorrow, Father God. Uh, give them a peace at the end of uh, every yes that they, they, they um, walk out by faith. Every yes, give them peace for it, Father. And uh, forgive us all for the mistakes that we may have made along the way. Make us acutely aware of your, your grace and its uh, overflowing in our lives uh, to the point where we have it to share with other people. And we ask these blessings in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brian, where can we keep up with you and follow all your work? Uh, website is BrianCourtneyWilson.com. I'm on Instagram at, at BrianCourtneyWilson. Facebook at Brian Courtney Wilson, uh, and on Twitter we're on B Courtney Wilson, and you know I want to speak to this too. You know I guess a lot of people doing fake pages, so sometimes I get messages and people are like, "Hey, uh, uh, did you did you email me ask for my number? Did you DM me ask for my number? No, I'm not DM DMing anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you got a DM from me, that was a that was a fake page. Okay, okay? so Thank go to that. We got a blue check. Right, Next I'm time, like you heard it from the man. <laughs> <laughs> anything yeah. without the blue yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. It's been a thank you for thank having you me. For, uh, spending time with us. I'm your girl, Michelle Lene. This has been the Christ Over Culture Podcast. I hope that you are encouraged to um, build your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you for tuning in. You can follow Christ Over Culture at Christ Over Culture on Instagram, at Christ OB Culture on Twitter. And of course, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts. Can listen to the podcast this interview included at google play or on stitcher radio i thank you i love you guys and we'll see you on the next episode sometimes there are obstacles in the road that can leave you feeling low and you don't know how to move forward and sometimes there are turns you want to take But the way gets hard to trace Now you're wondering how did you get here But don't you give up until you see How God is ordering your steps So you can walk into your seas He that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform. God is faithful to perform. He that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform. Our God is faithful.